to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation with your host, Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Lawrence Smith. FCS Fans Nation, welcome back to another week on our podcast. Last week you had Matthew by himself. This week you're stuck with the other two of us. Myself, Lawrence Smith, your favorite JMU admin, or at least second favorite. I'm definitely in the top two in that category. I am lucky enough to be joined tonight by Kyler Neal coming live to us from the side of the road somewhere outside of Houston, Texas. How are you doing tonight, bud? I am good. I'm I'm parked on the side of the road. There was, you know, a wreck, so I didn't quite make it home in time to the podcast, but I'm dedicated. You know, it's been a, a long day. I left my house around 5.30 a.m. because I had all-day meetings in Austin, done a little bit of top golf and drinking with my clients, um, so that was fun, but I got to sober up, you know, for a couple hours with some dinner, and then started my drive back to Houston and um, didn't quite make it home in time, so... Yeah, hopefully the audio's not too bad for you guys. Um, I don't think it's going to be spotty, but yeah, the side of the road is is a different place to have a podcast, so we'll see. Well, you sound just as bad as you always do, so. Hey, Nothing. I'll take it. <laughs> Kyler, is there any uh, anything that you want to talk about before we jump straight to questions from our from our group? Any thoughts from last weekend or, or this weekend coming up? Well, first, I just got to say, listening to Matt's best Colin Coward, you know, podcast, I thought that was actually one of my favorite podcasts I've ever listened to, um, which is a bummer because you and I both weren't on it, which means he is so much better than you and I combined because that was amazing. So hats off to Matt. If you guys haven't listened to it, go back next week, you know, to last week's podcast and give it a listen. I thought Matt did a great job, but. Guys, it, it's playoffs. Playoffs are almost here. Um, I, for one, cannot wait because my team's going to be in it. We are already locked in it. I'm fine. Playoffs, baby. That's all I can say. I, I'm excited if you couldn't tell. Going back to Matthew hosting, I think uh, what we're actually going to do is is post a poll in the group and, and see if they prefer that. Then you and I can just be off the hook and make Matt do it every week. You know what? I would assume people are going to um, probably vote for Matt just to do it because that was that was a great podcast and I enjoyed it. It, it made traveling a little easier. Um, Listen to that on some of my flights last week. Well, I am certainly excited for the playoffs as well, and we've got plenty of playoff questions to get answered, including some from our group members. Let me pull up the post here real quick where I asked for questions, and we'll jump right into them. How's that sound? That sounds good, because I really have not read any of them. I mean, I, I think I've read maybe a couple when you first posted it yesterday, but like today I've been swamped, so um, this could be really rough. I am not prepped. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how well I do. So I will start off with uh, maybe an easy one here. Questions from Brandon Cole. He wants to know, with the Southland Conference automatic qualifying bid being decided on Thursday night, if Nichols wins and gets the automatic qualifier, 
Should Incarnate Word still get a playoff spot? Should Incarnate Word still get a playoff spot if Nichols wins um, the auto bid? Yes. To be honest, I as much parity as there is in the FCS this year, and like this is a, I'm not gonna say a down year because I think it's competitive as a whole. Um, to where you're like, yes, there's gonna be more teams repped from, you know, maybe these lower tier conferences since. The Missouri Valley looks like, you know, maybe three at most, possibly a two seed. Um, but when you look at, like, Incarnate Word's schedule, so they're done. They are done with their schedule. Um, if they make, you know, at least their regular season, they still have that makeup game with, who is it, Iowa State at the end of the year? Yeah, uh, I believe that's correct. If they don't make the playoffs, they'll play Iowa State. But, like, they're only a six-win team. Um, it's very rare. We've had what one six win team in the last, you know, decade since it expanded to 24 and, you know, um, 20 playoff teams. So that's only been one team from the Missouri Valley. You're not going to get a six win team in from the Southland. Um, I don't think it's possible. I know they are, you know, six and two worth the Southland and they have a couple F FBS losses, I believe. Um, let me see. Yeah, they played New Mexico. They played North Texas. So there's there's six and two versus you know the FCS, but six wins just doesn't cut it when you're in the Southland. It it doesn't cut it when you're in the Big Sky. I mean, it's not gonna cut it if you're in the CAA. Um, and it it might not cut it this year for the Missouri Valley when you start breaking down those those games. So I say no. They don't deserve it. Um. And and they better win if they want a chance, or they better hope that Nichols loses if they want a chance. Yeah, they're kind of running into the same situation that we saw Austin P in last year. They had a a good season, you know, when they were playing FCS opponents, but they played two FBS opponents. Austin P, what they might have even played three FBS games last year. Yeah, Austin um, P played three FBS last year. It was and it like eight. That, something and i was like what are you doing awesome p don't, don't schedule three fbs opponents the hell hey, that came back to bite them and uh playing multiple fbs opponents probably will come back to to bite incarnate word this year um I, I do believe just a quick correction i do believe the missouri valley has had two six and five teams in the uh past number of years making the playoffs but that's beside the point it, it doesn't change the fact that Six and five out of Southland is not going to get you in. Do you, do you by chance know who the second one is? I only remember um, Western Illinois jumping in um, one year, and and it was because they were the fifth place team. So you had you know those four other teams that were seven and four better, and just the conference was stacked. But I don't remember a second. Maybe there has been. I mean, I totally trust you and your knowledge. I I think I saw Craig Haley tweet something about it. Okay. In the last day or so, let me let me check his Twitter real quick and see. Gosh, he retweets a lot of stuff. It's gonna be he does. So, um, good luck. <laughs> well, while I look for this, I'm gonna set you up with another question and answer. This one is from uh, Preston Adams. Everyone's familiar with him, and of course, we've answered plenty of his questions before. His question reads. It seems like everyone's bubble burst last weekend. What teams have hope of perhaps still sneaking into the playoffs, even with a less than impressive or suboptimal record from standards in the past? 
So to simplify the question, which teams might be on the outside of the bubble looking in, but still have a shot to get into the field? So I'll, I'll start it with, and I don't think they're deserving of it, but the committee probably was going to look at it different. Um, Western, Western Illinois. Um, they're they're going to be six wins at best. So they're going to be six and five. You know, they lost to Montana State. Um, they beat Montana. But just because I don't think the committee is only going to put two, two Missouri Valley teams in, I think a six-win team is going to come out of the Valley, um, especially with some of the other conferences being um, slightly down and whatnot. I just don't see... I don't. I just don't see the committee only putting in two Valley teams, even though I think only two Valley teams are deserving. So I think Western Illinois, um, Indiana State's going to be tough because, you know, if they have six wins, um, so if if they win, they'll have seven wins. But one of them is versus, I believe, an NAIA team, um, and if so, that doesn't count in the committee's eye. That that doesn't count in the simple rating system. So they're they're going to be a six win team and. I mean, they just lost bad to, you know, Northern Iowa. Um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it was like 33 to zero or something like that. I could be wrong on the score. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of, or those those three teams, maybe Northern Iowa, Western Illinois, Indiana State, who are not deserving, but one of them is going to get a shot at the playoffs um, just because they're in the Missouri Valley and the committee seems to, to even praise them even though you know there's really only two impressive teams from the valley this year other teams like i think montana state versus montana one of those is a playoff um has some big playoff hopes if they win this week but they have to have a couple other things go wrong maybe like um idaho state they need to lose to weber which could could easily happen um north dakota if montana wins montana better hope north dakota loses um, since they have the win over them. And then, um, yeah, I mean, this week's actually hectic. There's there's a lot of either make-it-or-break-it type games this week, probably more than we've had ever in the last week. And it, it makes it interesting. Sorry if I just rambled on for a long time. I think this weekend might be the most exciting final week of the season that we've had in, as, you know, Maybe, I don't want to you know just jump right in and say the most exciting final weekend ever, but you know definitely in the the last three or four years this one definitely tops the chart there. Just absolute great weekend for FCS football. Key games all over the place. Basically, week one of the playoffs start on Saturday. Even yeah. though the selection show is not until Sunday. I feel like it's going to be a, a playoff atmosphere for a lot of teams around the country on Saturday. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, last year, and I don't have the the last week in front of me, but I feel like there was already 20 teams that locked a spot going into this league. I did the math myself, and, you know, you can say there's maybe 10 to 12 locks right now, and that's it. So, so we have we have a good, you know, 20 teams battling for those last, you know, 12 spots, um, which is insane to happen on a last week. Good luck to playoff committee this year. Like this is a tough year. Um, in previous years, it seems like it was easy. 
you're maybe only going to have a couple two teams that are pissed off or two teams that maybe you made a bad decision. Um, this one, <laughs> this year's tough. Like, good luck to the committee. Um, I don't want to be in your shoes right now. Yeah, not a job that uh, many people will envy right now. No. So you mentioned the Montana versus Montana State Brawl of the Wild. Trevor Lloyd, who is a new member of our group, wants to know who will win the Cat Grizz game and why do you think so? Um, so I, I got into a little exchange with, you know, it's rivalry week for them, probably one of the biggest rivalries in the FCS. And this week was really tame compared to last week, last week or last year. Last year was brutal between those two fan bases. You know, I, I don't know if they're both just ashamed because um, Eastern's back or what, but, you know, there, there's a couple fans um, from both teams talking about how great they've both done these last two weeks. And um, I had to just give it to him. So he said, you, you both played, you know, two of the worst teams each. And Eastern kicked the shit out of both of them. So, so when you're looking at these two teams are bragging about how well they played these last two weeks, um, which is true. They both have played extremely well. Um, I, I'm just, I don't know who to pick in this game. I, I'm leaning towards, man, I'm leaning slightly towards Montana because I think they are a more complete team. But Montana's also had a much easier schedule than Montana State to where I think if they might have played Montana State's schedule, Montana might have another loss um, compared to what Montana State does. So I don't think uh, this is too hard to, to pick for me. I think this is going to be a hell of a game, and I'm excited to watch it, um, especially because there, there's possible playoff implications. Um, I think Montana State's probably the better team. Um, I know they have the better defense, but it's, it's going to be close, and I, this might just be a flip-your-coin type of game. If it really is a toss-up like that, my uh, inclination is to go with the home team. I believe it's at Washington Grizzly Stadium, right? Yeah, and so versus Sports Simulator has Montana as a favorite. Um, let me pull it up and see, you know, what kind of a favorite they are. If it's if it's supposed to be close, or if they're thinking they're gonna just pull away, um, I can pull it up in like two seconds. So give me one, two, crap. <laughs> so versus says Montana is going to win by three points. Um, and he's only 58% confident, which means this, this, <laughs> this could easily go either way. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'll watch it. It'll be a fun one. Well, and Montana state has won the last two games in this series. So you got to think, uh, that the Montana players and, Coaches are really going to be up for this one. Try and bring that trophy back to Missoula. And, so. it, and it's yeah, it's it's in Montana to the game, so you know it's going to be rowdy. It's it's a sold out game for sure. Um, there's going to be you know close to twenty six thousand fans, uh, getting real rowdy. So it, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm excited to watch it. Alrighty. Brad Jans wants to know, what is the likelihood that JMU comes to the Fargo Dome in the playoffs this season? And if they do, will the fan base follow as well as they did in 2016? So, first of all, I'll say JMU's fan base, I 
feel like it's proven that we'll go anywhere that the team goes. So if JMU does end up back in the Fargo Dome, I think we will sell out that entire allotment just like we did in 2016. It'll be a great atmosphere. As far as will JMU come to the Fargo Dome, I think it's really a 50-50 shot. And if JMU doesn't get a seed in the playoffs, their chances of going to Fargo really depend on who the number two seed is, I believe. Because, of course, NDSU is going to get the number one seed. I believe if Kennesaw gets the number two seed, JMU is more likely to get put in a bracket that sends them to Kennesaw because of geography. If Eastern happens to get the two seed, for example, I think JMU then goes to Fargo. Your thoughts? I have to agree 100% with what you said. I think you guys will travel well. You'll sell your allotment anywhere, even maybe if it was to Cheney, um, which is probably your furthest you know game you can go to. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if Cheney or San Diego would be further away. Oh, that's true. I'm, I'm not sure. Actually, <laughs> Portland State would be further away than Cheney anyway. So. Oh, that's true. So Probably won't see them in the playoffs, though. You will not see them in the playoffs. They're already done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's 50-50. It, it depends. Even if you even if JMU gets a seed, my guess is they are seeded anywhere between 6 and 8, maybe a 5, depending on if someone else slips up, which if you've watched this season of football, you know that can happen at any given day. So um, possibly you can get up there, but I, I think you're looking at a 6 through 8 seed. So, they could either be on NDSU side or, or not. Um, I think I think you're dead on on saying 50-50. All righty. We'll take a non-football question here. James Pennington asks, turkey or ham at Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners? Um, Turkey for sure on Thanksgiving. But then, I mean, I like ham on Christmas. I, I, I love turkey. But you can't have turkey, that big of a turkey, because you have leftovers for a couple weeks. Um, so you, you can't have turkey again on Christmas. That's just a little ridiculous, in my opinion. But, I mean, I'm a prime rib or ham kind of guy for Christmas, and, and for sure, turkey, keep it traditional on Thanksgiving. It's called Turkey Day for a reason. Yeah, definitely Thanksgiving turkey. And I agree with you about all the leftovers. By the time you finish your Thanksgiving turkey, it's like Christmas Eve. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> My family, though, uh, the last few years, we on Christmas, we have done neither. Um, we've gone with Thanksgiving lasagna, or Christmas lasagna, I mean. What is that? You, uh, it was something, uh, I, I feel like I've heard of it being a thing, and if it's not, we're making it a thing. And, you know, it's, it's just, you, you know, it's probably just a Stouffer's lasagna, but, uh. <laughs> But on Christmas. On Christmas, yeah. What's not to love? Oh, so we've actually done, my wife and I, um, you know, a couple of years in a row, we've done king crab legs on, on Christmas. So it's it's like a you have our ham still, but like really what everyone ex- is excited about is, you know, we go king crab legs. But um, I don't know if we'll do that this year. I'm not a huge ham fan anyways. Anything that's thicker than deli slice ham, I'm not really about. Mmm. See, I, I like the thick ham. That honey ham or maple. Whew! It's good. It's good stuff. Now, 
James does have a follow-up question as well. He wants to know, what is y'all's favorite dish at Thanksgiving, and why is it green bean casserole? Well, it, it's not green bean casserole. <laughs> it, it, it is not green bean casserole, nor is it green bean hot dish. No. Any type of hot dish or casserole, get out of here. Um, I mean, I love turkey, and I love... My wife makes... I'm, I was never a huge stuffing fan until I had my wife stuffing and she makes an Italian stuffing. So it, it's got like um, a whole bunch of Italian meats in there. And um, man, it, it's the best thing I've ever had in my life. So um, prior to meeting my wife, it was always the turkey and mashed potatoes. Now it's that like stuffing is better. Her Italian stuffing is better than anything I've ever had. So if you guys want some, let me know. I will ship you guys over some recipes and you can make it because it is the best um best stuffing i've ever had i am definitely a uh a a bit of a sweet tooth so i love my desserts and the the sweeter side so i'm all about sweet potatoes uh if you're making sweet potatoes of course you got to put brown sugar on top and melt some marshmallow on top of those Uh, but my absolute favorite is this jello salad that my mom makes it's like cherry and lemon jello mixed together and it's got cherry pie filling crushed pineapples mixed in with it it is oh it is amazing oh that sounds interesting yeah it, I, um, I i know some people just don't like jello because of the texture or whatever i am 100 percent about it i will eat the entire bowl by myself um <laughs> <laughs> i i am not allowed to be the first person to the bowl because most of it will be gone after i get done with it because because you take the whole bowl yeah Hey, I like your style, man. If you have seen me, I might have packed on a few pounds in the last four years, and uh, I'm totally with you. If if it's something I like, you better get there before me. Uh, <laughs> even if I'm not hungry, I'm going to act like I'm hungry. <laughs> so, All right, one more food question. Um, well, one more food question for now, because I think there are a couple others in here. question is stuffing or dressing? Now, I will admit, I'm not entirely sure what the difference between stuffing and dressing is. Because if you ask me, you know, when I say the word dressing, I think that's what you pour on top of a salad. So first of all, do you know the difference between stuffing and dressing? And second, which do you prefer? I always thought it was the same thing. But where I come from, we say stuffing. Um, Maybe it's... Maybe it's not called stuffing if you actually don't stuff it in the turkey and you make it, you know, in a bowl in an oven. That could be where it becomes dressing um, since you're not actually doing the stuffing action. But I I have no clue. Um, I'm totally with you. Like when I hear dressing, if it's not on Thanksgiving, that's ranch. That's, you know, Italian. Um, Only on Thanksgiving am I like, oh, you, you need you want me to pass a dressing? Okay, I know what you're saying, even though you're wrong. Um, (laughs) or I'll say here's the stuffing and you know, they always take their scoop. So I think it's the same thing, but I'm not sure. I don't know. All right. Listeners, you have Kyler and I both stumped on this one. So go into the comment section on our page. When we post this, if you know what the difference between stuffing and dressing is and tell us, and we will finally be able to actually answer the question there. Then I, because I I can't compare stuffing and ranch dressing, so <laughs> exactly. 
All right, moving back to football, Adam Peterson would like to know, who do you think will be in Frisco playing North Dakota State? He's picking Eastern Washington as as long as they're on the opposite side of the bracket. I have a feeling that you're going to agree with Adam. I have a feeling that your feeling is correct. Um, I would say Eastern is probably, which is weird to say, the most complete team um, outside of maybe North Dakota State this year. And if we do grab a two or three seed, I think it's going to be really tough to beat us in Cheney this year. Um, I mean, if, if you look at the stats, we, we have dominated um, this year of stats just completely dominates any other top year we've had in, in the stats department on both sides of the ball. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. Um, if we're on the same side of North Dakota, then I, I just have to, you know, wait to see what, how the bracket looks. Cause, um, I think those are the two favorite teams right now. And maybe I am just being biased. I'm not sure. Um, but in my head, those are actually the two favorite teams this year. I think Eastern's a good choice. Um, I think whoever it is is going to come out of the big sky, whether it be Eastern, Weber State, or UC Davis. I think those are the probably the three most likely teams um, to make a deep run. Definitely Eastern and Weber uh, in my mind. So, so I think they all three have the ability to make deep runs. But I also have a feeling if if it's in the quarters and they're playing another top team, th- those two teams are completely different. We're talking about Weber and UC Davis now. So UC Davis has the offense to put 40 on anyone on any given day if they are totally on fire. They don't have the defense to you know, not give up 30. So when you're playing maybe a, a top-tier team, I think they might struggle, um, especially if they don't have any playoff experience. I think that might be tough for them. Um, Weber State is kind of the opposite. They have a defense who can shut down anyone and make the quarterback look bad, but their offense is so inconsistent. Sometimes they'll put up, you know, 35 points. The, the other week against, you know, maybe a mediocre, they're only putting up 18. So when they're playing the top-tier teams, multiple weeks in a row. I don't know if they have the firepower on both sides of the ball to make a run to Frisco. Um, but I'm wrong a lot. So who knows? You know, it's funny that you say you're wrong a lot because Matthew and I both say Kyler is always right. Well, I did listen to, you know, a couple of our old podcasts on my road trips today to see, um, Who's been right and who's been wrong? Besides our Week Zero podcast, where I totally got the Jacksonville State and North Carolina A and T, um, I've been pretty right. <laughs> so maybe maybe I am. But no, um, when it comes to predicting, I'm not gonna say I'm I'm always right. I think there's times where I say I'm wrong. Like I thought Southern Utah was not even gonna sniff the playoffs, and I thought Weber was not gonna sniff the playoffs. I was right about one. But holy crap, was I wrong about? Um, Weber State, so um, they already sniffed the playoffs. They're a lock, so I think they are going to, you know, definitely. They already proved me wrong, and they have a chance. I think to be a quarters, maybe a semifinal team, but I think that's about it. I don't know. I think with that defense, uh, they have as good a chance as anyone 
to make it. Their, their front seven is amazing. I do think their corners struggle. So if if they're playing against an accurate quarterback who can get outside the pocket, um, I think their corners will get exposed. Um, Eric did not have an accurate game when we played against him. He was able to get out of the pocket, but I mean that front seven was was fast. They were aggressive, uh, and then when it was outside the pocket on the run, Eric, Eric just threw one of you know he he did not have a very accurate passing game, um, which we've seen most of the year when he's been playing. It's been fairly accurate but um if if you're not going to throw the ball well down the field against weber then you're going to struggle um if you can throw the ball well then i think you're going to have a pretty good shot so did eric struggle on his own or were his errors more forced by weber because what we've seen from him outside of that one game this year would suggest if he can't get it done against weber is there another mobile quarterback that could. So did we, so, did we ever force him into those errors or were they kind of self-made? To be honest, I think just as a team, um, Eastern did not play very well. And Weber, Weber had a lot to do with it. I mean, our O-line was banged up and they, their front seven just bullied our, our banged up O-line, um, which made, which made it a little tough for Eric to even get in a rhythm. And I mean, that was only his second start of the season, and it was, you know, versus a top five team on the road. That's a, a pretty tough environment um, <laughs> to play in one of your first starts. And I mean, that's a that's a primetime game. I think he I think he was a little nervous. Um, I think the nerves are gone. I think that loss was actually probably good for him because, I mean, he's been a winner. He, he hasn't lost a game. He, he started last year in a game. He's only lost one game now, and that was Weber State. So prior to that, you know, I'm sure he was super confident. And then when he got bullied a little bit, I think maybe that that mental, um, he he probably had a little bit of mental struggles. And I think our coaching had some pretty bad play calling where we were pretty conservative. And when you have an athlete like him, like you've seen him live, let let him just do his thing. Um, he hurdled a guy last week. Like, just let the dude do his thing. Don't try and contain him. Let him be who he is, and I think we're going to be fine. But, um, Mono, props off, props out for Weber. Um, my hat's off to them. They, they played a hell of a game, and they made our offense really look bad. It wasn't just Eric. It was it was our whole offense. Um, our, our wide receivers were not catching. Eric was missing throws, and our line just was struggling. So I think that loss was good for us. It made us learn, um, and Weber's defense played a hell of a game. But their Weber's offense was not impressive at all. Um, we held them to seven points, so and it was only on one big <laughs> one big breakout play. So yeah, I don't know. Um, give credit to Weber, I guess, but I think Eastern also beat themselves a little bit. So sticking, excuse me, sticking with the Eric Verrier uh, discussions for a moment. I'm gonna. Put your uh, put you on the spot, and we're gonna test this Kyler is always right theory. So, <laughs> okay. Bo Levi Mitchell, Vernon Adams, Gage Gubrud. Is Eric Berrier the next great Eagle quarterback? I mean, when you put him against those, let's see. You said you said uh, Bo Levi. Matt Nichols. Did you even say Matt Nichols? No, I said uh, Vernon Adams. 
Vernon Adams and Gage. Um, yeah, it, it seems like our quarterbacks have only improved um, each season, which is a little crazy because when you just read off those names, every single one of those broke records. Um, and, and you're like, how could you get any better? I think Eric has the most potential out of all of them. I mean, he was the highest rated QB recruit Eastern's ever had. Um, he, he's, he's a stud. He's, he's by far the most athletic. He's Vernon Adams, but more elusive, faster and with a stronger arm. Um, so I would say he, he has a higher ceiling than all of them. Will he live up to that? I don't know. Cause those are, those are some big names who did some huge things for Eastern. So I'm hopeful because I do think his ceiling is much higher than them. Um, we've never had a QB with this type of a rocket arm. The kid, if you watched the game versus UC Davis, he was flicking it down the yard, like effortlessly down 50 yards um, accurately. And Vernon Adams, he's a little guy, you know, he would have to hail Mary that, um, but he was, he was amazing. Um, I don't know. I, I will just say he has a higher ceiling in my opinion than all of them. Will he live up to that? It's still yet to be seen, but I, I'm pretty hopeful. Is he the one that's going to bring the national championship back to the Inferno? Um, this year we, I mean, this year we're stacked. I think 2020 is going to be our best year. We will have, we'll be very experienced in 2020. We lose a lot next year. I think next year we're going to take a step back. And by a step back, I mean, you're probably still looking at a seven and four, you know, eight and three type of year, but probably not a title contending team. And I think 2020, um, we'll have these last couple of years have been the best recruits Eastern's ever had a lot of three stars, which we've never had even during our semifinal runs. Um, I think 2020, him as a senior, is a scary team on paper right now. Um, like like a very scary team on paper. Alrighty, I will move back to uh, group member submitted questions now. Brandon Owens wants to know: Will a six and five Missouri Valley team make it into the playoffs over top of a seven and four CAA team? Um, what are your thoughts first? My initial reaction is no, because the CAA has kind of been recognized um, as the strongest conference this year. So right. I, it's hard for me to say that the committee would take a team with a worse record from a what would be considered a worse conference this season. I guess I maybe could see it happening in some convoluted way if like the CAA already has five or six teams in and the Missouri Valley only has two or three. You know, they'd rather put in a third or a fourth Valley team over a sixth or a seventh CAA team. So like maybe that works in the favor of a, a six and five valley team. But my I I feel like no is is more likely. So let's say I totally agree with you when you said 
the CAA is the best conference. Um, I don't think anyone can deny that this year. Um, top to bottom, the CAA has, has been great. So, and the Missouri Valley has not, let's be honest. Um, like I said, in my opinion, there's only two deserving teams from the Missouri Valley and there's six from the CAA. But here's where I have to play a little devil's advocate. As good as the CAA has been, when you're a committee, are you only going to, are you going to put in, let's say, six CAA teams or seven and four or better? And the third best Missouri Valley team is six and five, because that's probably what's going to happen. I have a hard time seeing the committee putting in six CAA teams and only two Missouri Valley. Now, if there's any year, because last year I was saying, no way in hell will it will a conference get six seed or six playoff bids. This year, I actually I hope the CAA gets six because I think they're deserving of six. Um, and I've never said that before when looking at the field. I'm I'm going no no conference has ever deserved it, and I hope they don't do it this year, especially with the the parity around the FCS and some of those other conferences struggling. I think they should put in six, but I have a hard time seeing if it comes down to the Missouri Valley has two teams and the CAA has six. I have a hard time thinking that they won't put in a third Missouri Valley team at six wins and knock out maybe Elon or someone at seven and four, maybe that, you know, six place CAA team. Do I think it's deserving? No. Um, Do I, I see the committee doing that. Yeah, I, I kind of do. Um, but I'm hoping I'm wrong on that because I do not see a 6-5 and five Missouri Valley team being deserving. You know, Indiana State, no. Um, Western Illinois, no. You um, and I, no. I mean, both of those teams lost to a Montana and a Montana State. You know, uh, Western Illinois beat Montana, but none of them, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all I say is, I don't think Missouri Valley will only get two playoff teams. I think they get three, and one of them will have to be six and five. Yeah, that is the argument that I was trying to make. You just said it a lot better than I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you and I are in agreement there. They're definitely not deserving. Do I think it will happen? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I don't know. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I want the CAA to have six this year, and it's not It's not because I like the CAA. I actually don't. All of you East Coast biased people. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I have no no beef with the CAA. But if, if there's ever been a conference that deserves to put in six, it's the CAA, and I hope they do. For, for those members that have joined us this season or within the last year, might not know that last season you and I actually both said if the Missouri Valley got six teams in the playoffs last year that we would get the Missouri Valley logo tattooed somewhere on our bodies and I I, I think we should just let the group know that that was a 2017 offer only and it's null and void in 2018 <laughs> if uh, it was <laughs> I make it's, no, it's I make no promises in that regard, uh, with the CAA getting six teams in, you will you will get nothing out of me if the CAA gets six teams in this year. So I think I made that bet last year with like you know three weeks left or something. 
was saying no, because there was a lot of Missouri Valley fans saying, we deserve six, we deserve six. I was like, no, no, you don't. And if you do, I will 100% get a tattoo. And I was serious. Matt Frazee was going to pay for it. And I'm totally cool. I would have put it, you know, on my thigh or maybe my inner thigh, you know, give my wife something to, to Family to show, at. Kyler. Family show. Oh, I No, my inner thigh is nice. Nothing above that. <laughs> Just I wear short shorts. Don't worry about it. Um, but I haven't made that bet this year, and I'm not going to start now because if there's one year where, where it's deserving, it is a CA this year, and I really hope they do put in six. Um, they're, they're by far the conference that deserves it. Now, you could say, let's say Idaho State wins, Montana State wins, and North Dakota wins. North Dakota is technically an independent, but they played a big sky schedule. That would be six teams, I think, who could be deserving of it too, especially because of the parody of the SCS. So, but I don't think those scenarios are going to happen. I think Idaho State loses, and I don't even know who North Dakota plays, but they could definitely win. So I think we'll see four to five big sky teams, including North Dakota, even though they are independent. It would be crazy uh, for sure if the CAA got six and the big sky got five. That would essentially be half of the playoff field from two conferences. Yep, but I, I think it's going to be four and five. Um, I have a hard time thinking that the committee is going to put in six from the CAA still. I think that that six will go to the Valley. Yeah, my heart says yes. My brain says no. Moving on, this is probably my favorite question actually on the list this week. Anthony Thomas asks, where would the Big South Conference rank if Coastal Carolina and Liberty, who are both in the FBS, both have six wins in the FBS this year, where would the Big South be if those two schools had not moved up? He says, I say a solid third behind the Valley and the CAA. No, um, I think I don't think Kennesaw for one would would win the Big Sky. Um, I don't think they would finish top four. I don't think Coastal Carolina would finish top four, and I don't think Idaho State is as good as their record is. I mean, they they missed out on playing Eastern, and I think they're only going to finish six and five. And they put up a hell of a fight versus Liberty on the road. Um, I would put. Maybe the Big South still above maybe the SoCon, but that's still pushing it because you still have Monmouth who would Northern Arizona or Northern Colorado would beat by 30. You still have Presbyterian who, you know, Sac State or Southern Utah would beat by 30. Um, I, I yeah, you know, the Campbell. South would yeah, good luck, Campbell. As much as I like your, your mascot, um, if you played Eastern Washington – you would have no more camel to play. Your humps would be gone. Um, I, I don't think the Big South could, even with those teams, even come close to the Big Sky if you paired them up top versus bottom. Well, the first thing I'll say about this question is the premise is a little wrong anyways because he says he thinks the Big South would be a solid third behind the Valley in the CAA. The Valley's not even the second-best conference this year. It's the Big Sky. No. So, Agreed. If he thinks the Big South is, if he thinks the Big South would be worse than the Valley, then that would put the Big South at fourth, which I think you might have an argument for fourth. Uh, you might have to fight the Ivy League for that. Maybe, maybe the SoCon. I, I don't really know. 
so much um, about the SoCon this year. But yeah, fourth or fifth, if the, if those two schools were still in the Big South, you could probably make a case for fourth or fifth. Yeah, I, I totally agree on that. Um, the Ivy versus Big South would be one heck of a conference matchup. So I, I know you said, you know, Missouri Valley is not even the second best. So Missouri Valley fans are going to argue with you because they're going to say, we beat the Big Sky this year face-to-face, you know, in our series five to three. But, guys, I will just throw these facts out there because I like facts. Only one of the top four teams from the Big Sky played in that challenge where all four of the top <laughs> Missouri Valley teams played in that challenge. So you guys barely won, and we brought in our bottom half, so or a middle to bottom half. So I, I think I agree with you, Lawrence. The Big Sky this year specifically is better than the Missouri Valley. Okay, what question do I want to ask next? Ooh, Chris Hammond, friend of the pod, wants to know, eggnog or pumpkin spice? I'm going to sound so basic. Don't, um, don't, do, don't do this to me, Kyler. I'm going to sound so basic and say, neither of them. Give me Jameson. I'm not going to drink either of them. I actually don't drink either, so that's why I'm saying that. I don't like eggnog, and I'm not a fan of pumpkin spice. I love eggnog, actually. Do you? I do. Um, I'm proud of you. Eggnog all day. You got to cut it half and half with milk, though, because it's a little thick on its own. Um, yeah, definitely eggnog. Another well, perfect. Another question from Chris. We'll double dip here because he asked like 15 questions. <laughs> this one actually he addressed you and me specifically. Oh, perfect. Says, would you rather live in North Dakota or South Dakota? Oh, this one's easy. Um, South Dakota, near the Black, what are they? The Black Hills. The Black Hills. Uh, that that I've driven through both North Dakota and South Dakota. Not once did I drive through North Dakota and say, "Wow, this is a beautiful state." Um, when I hit that one little part of South Dakota, I was like, "Man, this is beautiful." Um, you know, Mount Rushmore, that whole area. Now. For city living, I would probably rather live in Fargo than any place in South Dakota. But visually speaking, I like South Dakota better. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, South Dakota has Black Hills, and North Dakota has Matthew Frazee. So it's kind of kind of fifty fifty there. But I think Black Hills just barely went out. That's true. But but for a city vibe, um, I think Fargo is the bigger city out of you know the Dakotas in. Man, it, it'd be tough for me living in now Phoenix and Houston. Each one, you know, has more population than all of that north southern Canada area. But I would probably move to Fargo, but I would like it more in South Dakota. Now, he did have a second half of this question, which was directed at Matt. And he was going to ask Matt if he would rather live in Virginia or Washington. And as someone who recently visited Washington if you didn't hear and someone oh, did. I did. did 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 you realize I was in Washington I do not remember <laughs> did I see you? so I was recently in Washington and I am currently in Virginia what people might not realize is the western part of the state of Virginia and the eastern part of the state of Washington are actually very similar Geography-wise, 
I believe that. I've, I've driven through Virginia a couple times. I could see it. So, like, when Kelsey picked me up from the airport and we were driving out of Spokane uh, back to Cheney, I told her, I said, this looks a lot like the Shenandoah Valley. Kind of rolling hills. You can see the mountains in the distance. They're not huge rocky mountains. You know, they're, I guess out there it's the foothills. Um, right. In Virginia, it's just old weathered mountains. Um, very similar feel just in Washington, everything, you know, it was bigger spaces. The mountains were a little further away. Whereas the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia, just, you know, everything is, is pulled a little closer, but okay, really very similar feels. So the geography of Eastern Washington and the area of Virginia that JMU is in very similar, actually a really neat comparison. Um, anyone else that has been to both that might be listening to this, I would love to hear their thoughts on it as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I've never been to the Shenandoah Valley, so I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but I, I totally trust your opinion, but man, I think Western Washington is way prettier than, than Eastern. And I love both. I'd probably, if I had my choice, move back to Eastern Washington over Western, mainly because of the traffic and, and, um, the weather. Like, um, I'm not a fan of the drizzle constantly, but, um, on a summer day, there is not, and I've lived now most of the country. I've, I've traveled for work everywhere. There's still not a prettier place than Western Washington in the summer. Um, at least in my opinion, you have, you have the water there, the islands, um, Mount Rainier, who's, who's a beast. Um, I love it. If it was summer all year round in Washington, I would never leave. Well, I will, uh, I'll have to come out and visit sometime because you make it sound delightful. It is so delightful. You have to go to try and get hit like a UW game. So an early September where when it's still nice out and you can tailgate on the yachts right before the game. Fun time. Does sound like a fun time. Kyler, yeah. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Actually, Scott Monson has a question for you. Okay. Who is the best quarterback in the FCS? Man, I'm having a hard time defining best. So I think the quarterback that has the most potential to go to the next level from the FCS this year is probably Easton Stick. I don't think he is the best pure quarterback in the FCS, though. And and I still don't think that. I mean, his accuracy's fallen off this year. I know Matt last week brought up a good point. It's because he's actually trying to throw the ball more. But that just means he's not throwing the ball well enough past those 15 yards. Um, I think Easton Stick's a hell of a player. Now with injuries and um, stuff that have happened throughout the course of the year, I'd probably say, I don't know. I think Jake Myers really good from UC Davis. I think um, Devlin Hodges is still freakishly good. Um, he's just kind of gunslinging it now and trying to win games where, you know, they're putting all all the faith into him since he doesn't have the rest of the team back him up. So I think his numbers could have been better if he was on a, a North Dakota State type of system. But I don't know. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. I'd say most potential East Easton stick um, best quarterback, Jake Meyer. 
I will accept that answer. Who are who are you picking? Um, when I read the question, the the two names that immediately popped into my head were Easton Stick and Devlin Hodges. So you 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 and I are thinking about the the same train of thought. Okay. I'm just trying to think of. So Easton's done a great job, but no other team, at least on paper, has had the type of team around him as Easton Stick has had. Now, maybe he's the reason why they're doing so well, but at the same time, when you look at them since 2011, I I don't see that being the case because their team's been just as dominant every single year and every quarterback's been really good. Um, So maybe even you can say the same thing about when you were asking about, you know, Eric, um, is he the next big thing or is just Eastern, do, do they, do they, you know, play really well with their quarterbacks because it's a whole team. Um, I think if you put Jake Meyer or Devlin Hodges on North Dakota State, I think those numbers would be way more impressive than Easton Sticks. Um, I think they're they're the better natural QBs, but if you're looking for, you know, who do you want or who do you think can make it the furthest to the next level, I would say Easton Stick right now has the best shot to make it further. The other category that Easton Stick wins in is which SES quarterback's name sounds the most like a piece of hockey equipment? Um, Devlin Hodges. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go with Easton Stick on that one. That one's easy. All right. Uh, Kyler, which admin is your favorite? Oh, man. Put me on the spot. Um, I mean, it's Wyatt, I'm- right? So I've met Kelsey. She is amazing. Um, she's kind of like the mother to our group. So like, I I probably love her the most, but she's not my best friend. You know, you know, as as your kid, you love your mom, but you have your friends that you want to hang out with more. Um, <laughs> that's a bad analogy. No, I love Kelsey a lot. She she's awesome. Um, Matt stayed with me for a weekend. Him and I had a good time. He's awesome. You and I, like, we meshed really well together in Cheney. We took you around the whole town. Um, I haven't met Wyatt, so he's already out. Um, it's not, not because I don't like him. It's because I haven't met him yet, so I can't do that judgment. I, I would say it's between you three. That, that really narrows it down. <laughs> it's between the three I met. Or can I just, you know, be a complete dick and say, I'm my favorite I, admin. I am, I'm a narcissist. I am my favorite admin. <laughs> I can't answer it. I plead the fifth. I love y'all. Y'all are both, or y'all four, five, however many admins we have. Um, you guys are all great. So I have the distinction of being the only one of us that has met the other four, all of the other four. True. Um, and I will agree with you that uh, it's... Yeah, it's, I'm the best. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so hard to to choose a favorite because everyone is you know i get along so well so well with everyone everyone's amazing um but and everyone's just so different it's like what's your favorite flavor of ice cream like there's so many good ones to choose from we'll see now i i, I could pick that one way easier than <laughs> i could <have> question. <laughs> dustin helton don't put us on the spot like that don't do it dustin i can honestly say after that question you're now my least favorite member for putting that pressure on me <laughs> Joking, I still like you, Dustin. I, I love all the content you bring in, but 
man, you're trying to make me cry. I can't pick. Alrighty, we are coming up on an hour and hour. So I'm going to choose one more question. Let me try and find a good one to close us out. Do a football one. I will do a football one. Hmm. I might have to, we might we might have to go quick on one and then choose the second one because there are a couple that I kind of want to get to. Okay. Um. The first one I see is, oh, where did it go? The question was something along the lines of, does Towson win by a touchdown because Tom Flacco throws for a touchdown or rushes for a touchdown? Um, so I, immediately the question is saying that Towson is going to win, which I disagree with. Right. I was going to say I'll counteract that and say, Towson loses by a touchdown because he didn't throw it or run it enough. I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to completely turn this question on its head and say JMU wins because Jimmy Moreland picks off Tom Flacco and returns it for a touchdown. There's your answer. I can see that. You guys have have great corners. Um, You still do. All right. So this is the last question. Okay. If Princeton was not part of the Ivy League and was allowed to participate in the playoffs would they be seated and how well would they do um yeah they would be seated uh their resume so i don't have the numbers i i mean they're undefeated they they have a win over against another what like eight and one team in dartmouth um unless dartmouth just lost this last week i don't remember too many games so if if you're asking would they be seated their resume is better than kennesaw's and Kennesaw State is the sixth seed two weeks ago when the playoff committee came out with their ranking. So um, Princeton would be ranked. Um, and I think they would be seeded uh, probably a, a top four to five seed due to more, you know, other teams losing, especially if they finish undefeated. How well will they do? Man, I'd love to see it. I, I don't know. I don't know how well they would do against the other seeded teams, but – Man, their offense looks good. Their defense looks good. Um, they are they are a complete team who can play on both sides of the ball. Um, maybe a quarters type of team in my mind. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a fair assessment. Kyler, do you have anything to say before we sign off? I will say, CAA, you are going to have a fan this week, and I'm going to watch a lot of your games because – the CA is crazy this year and I want to see what happens. Um, but guys, this is our last one before, you know, the playoffs officially start. So thanks for following us all year. We appreciate it. Um, the pick has been fun. These podcasts have been fun. We appreciate all the support. Um, you know, this, this is definitely a group page. We're a team. Um, you guys are the ones who continue to make this page awesome. And I just got to say it, it's been a great year. And the postseason looks like it's going to be stellar. Very nicely said. You mentioned the Pick'em. Uh, if you are not aware, we do run a Pick'em Challenge. It's it's not too late to play because we will be running it all the way through the playoffs. You would have to pick every single game correctly and have everyone else ahead of you pick every single game incorrectly to win at this point. Uh, if you haven't already played, but you should play anyways because it's fun. 
You should also email us at info at fcsfansnation.com and write stories for our website because we haven't uploaded any stories in a couple of weeks and we need to get back on that train. So if you'd like to write something for us, email us, info at fcsfansnation.com. Kyler, I w- in, oh, go ahead. I got one more thing. So if you guys have been playing the pick I mean, and you're seeing the standings, Versus Sports Simulator, I believe, is number one. It is. Yep. So if you guys like games and you want to have a you know great job predicting games, apparently his algorithms and analytics are working. Go download his app for next year. You know, download the app, spend a little bit of money that you get all the um, you know football games with, and go down to Vegas. Like he's he started maybe even a week late. Um, I don't know if we got him in, in week one um, for the versus pick him. We might have, but he's he's currently number one right now, and it's just using his analytics and algorithm. So no one can talk snack about versus anymore because they're proven that they are the best on the market. So give it a download. Give it a like. Right, I'm going to write a huge review on um, probably tomorrow that says or after the, this week's games to see if he's still in first. If he's still in first, I'm going to say we all tried to beat him. We couldn't do it. And hats off, people should download it if you like any type of sports um, analytics or, you know, I don't even know this is if we're supposed to say this, but sports betting, if you go down to Vegas, obviously his stuff works. So so give it a like, give it a download, leave a comment. If you finish the regular season ranked ahead of the Versus Sports Simulator, I believe he has agreed to give you a free subscription. Is that true? Yep, so it'd be a, the free football subscription. So, uh, you know, he'll he'll just log in and, and set it up. So that is for the regular season only because the points get funky once we go into the playoffs and everything kind of – everything gets skewed a little bit. So right. anyone that finishes ranked ahead of the Versus Sports Simulator this coming week. Well, just the top one. You'll <laughs> – he only agreed to give one person who finishes ahead, so it'd be if there's four people who finish, we're gonna give it to the first place per team. Fair enough. Maybe I will purchase your guys' subscription if if three people finish ahead. Maybe I don't know yet. You better butter me up this week, guys. That's all I got. All righty. Well, I will see you next week on the podcast, and uh, had a great time recording with you tonight, bud. All right. Thanks, yep. man. Have a good one. The oh, hold on. I think there's a hotel worker because I'm parked at this. Oh, never mind. You can edit it out. She's just letting her dog go pee. <laughs> Come on, I'm on the side of a, a hotel, not not the road, but it's like outside in middle of nowhere. So okay, she was walking in my car. <laughs> her her dog just peed. I thought I was gonna get in trouble. <laughs>